Welcome to Life with Jerry Williams. Thanks so much for allowing me to spend a little bit of time with you today. I am Jerry Williams. On this episode, we're going to go back into the archives to January of 2014, during the beginning of season 13 of American Idol, to talk with an alum of American Idol, Danny Gokey. Danny was in season eight that took place five years previous to this conversation, 2009. He came in third place. We're going to talk a little bit about that, talk about his thoughts on that current season. We'll also mention his, at that time, latest project. He is a contemporary Christian recording artist and some of the everyday things that he goes through that people maybe don't expect out of a recording artist. All that is coming up on this episode of Life with Jerry Williams. But first, this week's good news. I love it when I'm doing something anyway, and it turns out that it's a good thing. Like every evening, just about, I make a cup of tea for myself and for my wife, Terry, as we're watching TV or just relaxing around the house. Sometimes I'll go back and get a second cup for myself. Well, it turns out that tea and cocoa and several other things like apples and berries are good for your blood pressure. They contain flavanols, which is a subgroup of flavonoids. I don't know what either of those are, but they're good for you. They can help lower your blood pressure. All right. I've been searching for this for a while to find out when the Peanuts Charlie Brown specials are going to be on. The Great Pumpkin Charlie Brown, the Charlie Brown Christmas, even the Charlie Brown Thanksgiving, which really I don't think holds up as well, but we generally watch it anyway. And I couldn't find them listed anywhere. For years and years, they'd been on CBS and then ABC TV got the rights. But they have been broadcast, at least the Christmas special has been broadcast every year on broadcast TV since 1965 when it first aired. That ends this year. Apple TV Plus has scooped up the rights to all of the Peanuts specials, but they are making them available for free for a couple of days each. So it's the Great Pumpkin Charlie Brown, which I think is streaming now, if you're listening to this on the day that it comes out, October the 26th, will be available for free on Apple TV Plus from the 30th of October through the 1st of November. A Charlie Brown Thanksgiving available free from November 25th through the 27th. And a Charlie Brown Christmas available for free from December 11th through December 13th. Amazon's latest generation of Echo devices got a makeover. The Alexa speakers are round and have better sound. And the versions with video display will also work with Zoom for video conferences. They even have one that has a pedestal that will move to follow you during the video call if you're up walking around, if you like to pace during your video conferences. Oh, and by the way, you can listen to this podcast on your Alexa device. Just say, Alexa, play Life with Jerry Williams podcast. And Alexa will play it right from Amazon Music. There is a new relaxation trend. It's called cow hugging. Or if you're from the Netherlands, where this thing supposedly started, co-canuffelin. Supposedly, you're supposed to hug a cow. It's good for relaxation. It releases oxytocin in the brain. Cows are chosen because... Well, they have warm body temperature. They're pretty docile. They're not going to object to you hugging them. Matter of fact, the cows actually receive some benefit from being hugged too. Now, if you don't have a cow handy, you can hug a smaller animal, but it is called cow hugging for a reason. 
Well, there's not going to be a miracle on 34th Street this year. Not the movie, the actual event happening. Well, there will be a Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade, sort of. It's going to be abbreviated. A lot of it's going to be pre-recorded. There will be no live spectators. Santa Claus will close out the parade this year. But that's it for Santa and Macy's. Santa will not appear in Macy's as he has done for 160 years. Santa has been a fixture. During the Christmas shopping season, a quarter of a million people trudged through the line at Macy's to see Santa and have their kids sit on his lap. This year, no. Macy's has said, COVID-19, social distancing, we can't pull it off. So we're just not even going to try. We will do an online experience beginning the end of November on our website, Macy's website. Now, there are some malls in the country that are going to try it out. They're going to have Santa there, but... They're not going to let the kids sit on Santa's lap this year. Matter of fact, they're not going to let the kids get within six feet of Santa. I'm not sure how that's going to work. Hey, kid, what do you want for Christmas? I want a fire truck, Santa. And then they throw a candy cane at the kid and he walks off. This week's Honeybee Story of the Week will involve a link. I will put the link to this article in the show notes of this episode. It is the ranking of the top 10 honey-producing countries in the world. And we'll do this in famous countdown style from number 10 to number 1. Drum roll for number 10, New Zealand. They're famous for their Manuka honey. Coming in at number 9, Ukraine, followed by or, or led by Brazil, Mexico, India, the Russian Federation is number five. Iran, number four. Coming in at number three, the United States of America. At number two is Turkey. And number one, China. China is the number one producer, exporter, and consumer of honey. On this episode, we go back into the archives for another interview. This time around, it's Danny Goki. This interview originally took place in January of 2014. Now, if you remember Danny Goki, if you're a listener to Christian Music, the Joy FM where I work, then you know Danny Goki well. He was on season eight of American Idol, which aired in 2009. He came in third place that year. The winner ultimately of season eight was Chris Allen. So this is a few years after he's been on American Idol. His album, Hope in Front of Me, is out. He has a new single coming out from it. And season 13 of American Idol has just started on television the same, about the same week or a week before the interview. So we talk a little bit about what Danny thinks of season 13, five seasons after he has been on the air in American Idol. And we talk about a couple other things, too. Let's go now to the archives for that conversation with Danny Goki. Danny Goki is with us. You, you remember, Dan what season was it, Danny, that you were on Idol? Season 8. Season 8. Now we're on season 48. Yeah, this is what it seems like. Have you watched any at all this year? Be honest. I watched the first episode of this year. Just to get a look to see what it would be like, because, you know, last year they had the you know, the drama. It's it's Music shows aren't the same because there's many music shows out there now. And so I think I got lucky on my season where it was just our, we were the only music show out there. Yeah. So, but yeah, I mean, I thought it was, it was pretty good. But you only watched the first episode. <laughs> well, they didn't air as many funny bloopers as they used to, and I, that's what I was looking for. I mean, I remember I was kind of interacting with my fans on Twitter and Facebook, and 
I just finally tweeted. I was like, is it wrong to just really want to see someone mess up bad? <laughs> but there's only like, out of a two-hour episode, there's only like two of them I can remember. And I'm thinking like, that used to be the majority of the episode. But, I mean, think about it. The, I don't think The Voice has blunders. I don't think any of those other uh, music shows have blunders. And so I th- maybe they're just trying to stay up with the competition. Well, man, you were really blessed to be on Idol back when it was still in its heyday. Yeah, I mean, it was it was in its still in its peak. It was still being aired not only in America but in 60 countries, which is, you know, you don't realize it now, but it's like, wow, thank you, God, for such an opportunity and such, you know, it still people you know come up to me and and recognize me and still just you know say how they loved my testimony and 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 things like that so it's really it's really cool now you experience everyday life like the rest of us just recently you posted on social media that something had broken down at your house (laughs) and then you posted a picture of you at the laundromat and someone had commented that can you imagine walking into the laundromat and there's Danny Goki? They think you have people to do that for you, right? Only what people think about us mm-hmm. <laughs> because we don't have as much money as they probably think we have. And not to say that we're all broke and poor, but um, I mean, it's just, you know, I don't obviously increased me and has been a blessing to me, but there's a purpose behind it. God does that for his glory. He does it to get his word out and to expand his kingdom and and anyway, that's a whole another Bible lesson. Immediately, I'm thinking about my pastor. You know, he used to teach about why does God give prosperity to further his kingdom. And I'm just, just having a little memory lapse here being in church. But anyways, yeah, the broke the washer broke, for goodness sake. And I'm, I'm so slow to buy things. And um, I can't believe I bought this washer two years ago, and it's already broken. It's not fixable. I mean, it's fixable, but you could buy a whole other washer for the same price. It's not that it was on its last leg. It's just like, what's the right thing to do here? What's the right thing? Do you buy a whole brand new washer? Do you get it fixed? Do you invest in it? You know, it's, it's such a, needless to say, I was upset, and I don't need to have this. What did you do to it that it broke after only two years? I don't, you know, it's funny. The first year, I was single most of the year. I had it the first year. And I was on tour. So, <laughs> so you let's just three talk. times. <laughs> well, since then, you know, I got married, had a kid, you know, and my mother-in-law and father-in-law moved in with us. So, I mean, but that's only four people basically using it. I don't know. Honestly, man, dude, I want, I'm, was so tempted to want to bash <laughs> on my social networks, but that's just not a good look. You, you're not recording this right now, are you? Oh, goodness. Well, we weren't, I was just saying, like, this isn't a part of the segment, is it? But the thing I think that God wants us to do is... Trust him. So anyways, I'm going to trust him to buy a new one. You trust God, but you might not buy another. Probably not. Well, ever again. So it's been 40 years since you're on Iron. <laughs> You've got a new project coming out. Or did it just come out? Just came out. Well, not the whole project. The single. The single. Okay. Just came out to radio now. So yes, it's been... Uh, Five years since the Idols days, but I signed a, a record deal recently with BMG Records out of New York, and it's a great label, and um, it's just great to have this chance at music. It's a dream. And so the song is called Hope in Front of Me. It's the same It's the same title as the book, and um, it really just talks about, it, it's, it's my story, and not only my story, but so many people who listen to it can relate to the story about being in a broken place, being in a place where it feels like there's nothing left, but, you know, but hanging on to that hope that's in front of them. They're going to get through it, and God's purpose will prevail. Reception for the song has already been tremendous. I've seen some comments on the lyric video, how it's helped a lot of people get through some tough times dealing with the loss of loved ones. You did an interview with Hollywood Reporter not long ago, and they asked you what you had hoped to do 
after Idol with your music. So when I got voted off the show and took third place, there's a, a interview you do called Idol Extra. It's a TV aired interview. And um, they asked me, how do you see your music? And at this time, I had just gone through, you know, the the, the, the tragedy, but then made it on America's, one of America's greatest music stages. And I, and really during that time, God put on my heart that my music would be a movement. And and I tried to explain as best as I could, but it's, it was that, um, you know, not only would my music bring hope and entertainment, but my music would would weave stories from Sophia's heart of the drug addict, of the the single mom who was homeless, of the teenager caught up in gangs, and their stories being mixed with entertaining music would bring like this this movement that would bring hope to people, not only to the you know to the to the church, but even outside of the church. And that was the whole vision for it. And at that time, I had started this organization called Sophia's Heart. It was just a piece of paper, but move you know move a couple years forward, and we have a 77,000 square foot facility in Nashville, Tennessee that we're operating and we're taking homeless families off the street. We're, we're rehabilitating them. We're providing food for them and we're giving them programs to help them get back into their dream and back into their purpose. It is so cool. It's, it's so funny. Like what I saw five years ago, it wasn't just me. It was God put a dream in my heart. And sometimes a dream takes a while to come to pass, but you got to just stay focused on what you know God wants you to do. And, and now it's happened. I got this record deal, which I needed, the Sophia's heart piece, which is the homeless piece and the testimony piece. This year's going to be a great year. We're uh, spending some time with Danny Goki. Danny has a new single out called Hope in Front of Me. When does the, the full CD come out? The full album drops late spring. We have a date, but the record label has not given me permission to state that date. Okay. So sometime in, <laughs> late in spring. spring 2014. Yeah, yeah. You also have a new book, same title as the single, Hope in Front of Me. And you mentioned in our, our, our last segment about the tragedy. Fill, fill listeners in a little bit maybe who aren't familiar with the full story of, of yeah. just where you have been over the last five or six years. Yeah. So the tragedy that I keep referring to is the loss of my first wife. If people watch the show and maybe they remember or don't remember, I lost my first wife one month before trying out for the show. And it was, it was such, it was like a punch in the gut. All the air was out of me. And I was just, it's almost like I got ran over and just left on the side of the road. And, you know, previously that year, I never watched American Idol. I was busy being a worship leader and, and driving a semi-truck. And I remember that year, um, I finally started watching the show with my, my wife, my first wife. She was a big fan of the show. I recorded it because I always got home late at night and we'd watch it together. And I remember it was that year that I decided I'm going to try out for American Idol just to make it the um, Hollywood week. That was the hope. If I could just make it the Hollywood week, maybe I can get a start in music. And um, little did I know that God was writing an, a bigger story. One month before I went on, she passed, and I was faced with the decision, do I go or don't? I had nothing to lose. Even though I was so broken, I just put one foot in front of uh, the other, and I kept moving forward. I think someone needs to hear that right now. you got to keep moving forward. You can't get stuck where you are. And um, moving forward... Look what happened. God birthed a ministry out of it. A book was birthed out of it. Uh, can I just, let me, can I say something real quick to encourage yeah. people? That book that you're holding is a very special book. And not just because, uh, you know, I wrote it, which which is an amazing feat all by itself because I never saw myself as an author. But what makes that book so amazing? Because God told me in 2007, I was going to write a book. He literally whispered that to my heart. And in 2008, little did I know... I, a year later from him telling me that I would lose my wife, Trout for American Idol, and start an organization. God writes our stories. That was a piece of hope that got me through that dark time because I remember when she passed, all I kept thinking was, oh God, you said I was going to write a book. And I hope that was you because right now I feel like junk. 
I feel like you've left me. I feel all this stuff, but yet I kept moving forward. And that book is a testament. It's called Hope in Front of Me. Find purpose in your darkest moments because I found purpose in a dark moment. And people need to understand that there is hope, that you're going to find purpose if you keep moving forward. You might not understand it. Hang on. Cling on to God with everything inside of you because he'll take those ashes and turn it into something beautiful. If you are listening to this episode of the podcast on the day it comes out, Monday, October the 26th, 2020, we have just over a week before the presidential election. And if the social media reaction to this upcoming election is anything like it has been the past couple of elections, then we're in for some gnashing of teeth from one side and over-the-top gloating from another. And then there will be those who express a sentiment like, no matter who wins— God is still in control, or whoever is president, Jesus is king. Now, while I agree with the explicit truth that God is always in control, I think that as expressed, those slogans are dangerously close to oversimplification. They seem to imply a don't worry, be happy state of mind. Yes, God is in control, but that does not absolve the people of God from our responsibility. To use another one of those often quoted slogans, with great power comes great responsibility. I think what concerns me about this whole thing is that it belies an, oh, well, what can you do kind of attitude. Or maybe worse, it implies that everything is going to be dandy. Yes, we know that ultimately it will be better than dandy as we spend eternity in the presence of God. But between now and then, a whole lot of undandy can happen. While I'm putting out the slogans, here's another. All that is necessary for evil to triumph is for good men to do nothing. God has always been in control, but that didn't keep the ancient Israelites from captivity. It didn't stop Rome from burning. It didn't keep Hitler from coming to power. And it didn't stop the World Trade Center towers from falling. Yes, God is now, has ever been, and will always be in control. And yet at the same time, he has blessed us with a double-edged sword of free will. And on top of that, we have been charged with the responsibility to bind or forbid and loose or allow things here on earth. You can read more about that in Matthew chapter 16 and 18. Now, whether it's from a reluctance of being perceived as judgmental or politically incorrect, I'm not sure, but the influence of the people of God on the American culture sure seems to me to have waned since the latter part of the last century. Now, please don't understand. I I believe America is still a great country, one of the freest on earth, though not nearly as free now as we once were. And I think we still have the capacity to bounce back, for the economy to flourish, for divisiveness to be healed. But it won't come easy, and it is not guaranteed. No matter your political leanings, who you vote for or whether you vote at all, if you're a citizen of the kingdom of God, there's work to do. Pray. Pray for our president, whoever that happens to be. Pray for other government officials in our nation. Get involved. 
let your voice be heard. Hey, run for office if you're so inclined. Complain. Yes, complain. If you vote, you earn that right. But do it in a constructive manner. Write letters or emails to your elected officials when you're concerned about an issue. It's more than our civic duty. It's our spiritual responsibility to help shape the culture so that others may come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. And that is going to do it for another episode of Life with Jerry Williams, the podcast. I'm Jerry Williams. Thank you so much for allowing me to be a part of your day today. Please do subscribe to the podcast. And if your platform allows, write us a nice review. Give us a five-star rating. That will help other people find the podcast. In the show notes of this episode, I've got the link to that uh, story that ranks the top 10 honey-producing countries of the world, if you're interested in finding out a little bit more about that. Now, next time on the podcast, on Life with Jerry Williams, we go way back into the archives. I have just rediscovered... uh, another section of the archives and i found a bunch of stuff from when i was doing radio back in new york we're going back to the early 1990s with a con for a conversation with the late glenn campbell glenn will talk about the glenn campbell good time hour his variety tv show how it was replaced by sunny and share a lesser show according to glenn and it's just a, a wonderful rambling interesting conversation with a tremendous guy. He talks about doing the movie True Grit with John Wayne and a whole lot more. That is coming up next time on Life with Jerry Williams. 